Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Delora, Delora, another week. How are you, darling? I'm doing. I'm doing. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm good, girl, because I'm talking to you. So that always makes my week that much brighter. Absolutely, Ashley. And I'm so excited to be talking about our topics this week. Oh, yeah. We have have a few things to discuss. Before we get to that, first, I want to say congratulations to a friend of the pod, my bestie, and a also podcaster himself, Johnny Wheel, who appeared on our fatherhood episode. He and his wife welcomed their son, Jackson, over the weekend. He came in weighing seven pounds, 14 ounces, happy and healthy mom and baby. So just wanted to wish them a very big congratulations. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, we talked about, you know, the mortality rates of black women. So I'm just always extra happy when things go smoothly with black women's deliveries. You know what I mean? So, so glad. Yes. Praise Jesus. All right. Amen. So we have an announcement of our own Delora. We don't have a baby to share, but we we are our doing exactly baby, our podcast. Exactly. We are changing <laughs> up our baby because guys, starting next week, we are gonna begin splitting our show up into two episodes. So when two. two. So on Tuesdays, you will get our recaps, right? Our recaps along with our usual hidden gym section. And then on mm-hmm. Thursdays, you will get our hot topics as well yes. as any things we decide to microdose. So we feel like, you know, it's going to be a good change of pace for us. It'll give you guys some episodes that are just a bit more digestible in terms of length and, you know, let us know what you think, but we're going to start that next week. And we are so excited to bring you this so new format. excited. And there should be you know, digestible enough for you to share with your family and friends. Exactly. <laughs> and we always have to keep things a little fresh. You know what I mean? So exactly. don't think we're ever, ever yeah, we're ever just going to be sitting back like, uh, I guess we'll keep the show this way. Nah, we got to keep it interesting. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, more Delora, to love, more to love. Exactly. Delora, as we said, we have a few things to discuss this week and headlines and hot topics. So let's get into mm-hmm. it. Surprise! Issa Rae is a married woman out here in these streets. Okay, as married now, she blew myself personally, as well as I'm pretty sure everybody else away with her Absolutely. announcement on Instagram. I had to read it like three times because she yes, didn't come out. Unclear. Yeah, she didn't come out and say she was married, but she had a series of photos along with the caption, uh, A, an impromptu photo shoot in a custom Vera Wayne dress. <laughs> B, my girls came to help me, but they all coincidentally had on the same dress. They were so embarrassed 
<laughs> see, then I took a few flicks with somebody's husband. <laughs> she thanked Girl, her wedding husband. planner. Exactly. Thanked her wedding planner for being so gracious, so gracious and accommodating and making this feel so real and special. This is very Issa Rae like her and her longtime boo thing, Louis. Mm -hmm. Is it Diame? Diame, possibly. I hope I got that right, sir. They got married in the south of France in a very hush hush nuptial Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. But obviously, wishing this couple the very best. Her photos blew me away. I loved everything about it. And I'm here for the creep on not delivering news i posted lovey's <laughs> videos on my instagram about capricorns and i'm like yes people always ask me questions about my personal life and i am that person who does not like to share it's very beyonce <laughs> of me but i just that's how i feel so what do you think about this news delora oh my goodness i was blown away by the pictures and i was like yo did Issa get married and when I read, like you, her caption, I was like, okay, not processing, not processing. Okay, it's a joke. I'm loving everything about it. Very much millennial to have their way, make your wedding dress. Like when I tell you she has been number one exactly. in bridal. Forever. In, forever. And I'm here for it. And Issa looked amazing. And, you know, I have a soft spot for France and I went to um, Yvonne Orgy's Instagram and she had more of the reception Mm. gorgeous outside Mm. chandeliers, Mm. people standing in the middle on freaking pedestals, playing violins. It was, it was amazing. Elegant, (laughs) chic, gorgeous, everything. I love it. Congratulations, Issa. Absolutely. Our second quick headline. Chriselle Stouse is dating the boss, Delora. So Chriselle took to Instagram as well because everybody's sharing news on Instagram on Wednesday with a photo or a couple of photos of she and Jason Oppenheim, who is the boss, the head of the Oppenheim group from the show Selling Sunset that we both watch on Netflix. Apparently, they are now dating and they are on a group trip in Capri, Italy. They are vacationing with some of the other Selling Sunset cast members, including Mary Fitzgerald, Amanza, Jason's twin Brett. If you recall, Delora, this is the first guy we're seeing her move on from since she was with her Dancing with the Stars pro boo, Keo. Yes. And it seems that Keo was a rebound. You always rebound with the dancer. It well, it was it was an interesting situation because remember we talked about it on the mic and it was like, oh yeah, this is probably just a fling, but we wish her the best. But then it didn't seem seem to end very well. Not so it was like, you know, hopefully, Chriselle, you can move on and find somebody. I did not see this coming, though. I will see that say that. So Jason confirmed it. He said Chriselle no. and I became close friends and is developed into an amazing relationship. I care about her deeply, and we are very happy together. So given the Keo situation, given, you know, us hating Justin Hartley now for the way he did her dirty and we had to witness on Selling Sunset, what do you think about this uh, situation with her and Jason? I don't know if this is the long haul for her. I also, I don't know. I don't like it when people date their boss, especially when their boss is notorious for dating people in the office, you know, Mm, like Mary. Yes, yes. (laughs) 
I just feel like I feel like it's a bad look for him more than anything. You know what I mean? Because he obviously only hires good looking women, you know, so it kind of plays into the misogyny of it all. But for her, I'm like, girl, really? But she's had an interesting dating life. I mean, she used to date old dude from Glee. Um, yeah, obviously for years. Four years. Also with Justin, four years. She also dated like a country singer guy. I, d- I don't know his name, forgive me. But I just say all that to say, you know, she is a serial monogamous. So it should be interesting. And he seems to be a bit of a playboy. So that's why I'm not really sure if this is going to last long. And hopefully they end on good terms. But it doesn't seem like she ends things on good terms based off of at least the last two relationships. I don't Uh-oh. know how things ended with the Glee guy. So. Uh-oh. You saying she may have a Halle Berry track record. That's what I'm hearing. I'm not saying that. <laughs> she, she seems like a lovely, lovely girl. She just might pick the wrong type of guys, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love Chrishell. Again, Same. I did not see this coming. But I hope that, you know, maybe this is the start of a beautiful relationship if it's meant to be because I'm rooting for you, sis. And at the end of the day, it's, it's weird to me, too, because of the Mary connection. Like, I know Mary has given her blessing. She's married now, all this and that. But it, they're, like, really close. She's still really close to Jason. And if this goes sideways, yeah. you know, this is yet another ex who's going to be roaming around the office. Like, yes. it's just kind of bizarre. And can I say I'm petty? Because I cannot wait to see what Christine Quinn has to say about this. Well, she's barely there because she's off jet setting with her rich Oh, yeah. But you know baby. she's going to make some type of a statement, whether it's on the show or in the press. Because Christine loves... She's up on, honestly. Well, you know, they always made it seem like Mary was the favorite. So now Mary yes. ain't the favorite anymore. Now it's definitely Ooh. Rochelle. So how's that dynamic going to play out? So stay tuned for the next season of Selling Sunset because I'm ready. Like, I need to see how all of this unfolds. That's why I also don't think it's really that real. Because are you doing this for the camera? Mm, That is always a good question and valid in Hollywood, as we know. And to your point, Jason has not seemed like he was ever looking for uh you know a marriage or love or long long-term relationship i shouldn't just say nope. marriage but he mary said bachelor's life <laughs> mary said he's supposedly ready to settle down Dolores. so we'll see more to come our last quick headline of the day this one you just sent me breaking news for today scarlett johansson is suing disney so in the last hour, <laughs> yeah, in the last hour or so, I saw a post by Vanity Fair that said Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney over Black Widow's streaming release, claiming that the decision to debut the film simultaneously in theaters and on Disney Plus breached her contract in order to attract subscribers. Her attorney wrote in a statement that Disney is releasing films like Black Widow directly onto Disney Plus to increase subscribers and thereby boost the company's stock price, and that is high hiding behind COVID-19 as a pretext to do so. The suit goes on to allege that she gave Disney and Marvel the opportunity to make good on the initial contract she had with them, but that they largely ignored her and basically forced this legal action. Disney said in a statement that this lawsuit is sad and distressing. Delora, what are your thoughts? I'm not going to lie, Ashley. When I first saw this headline, I rolled my eyes because it was Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) Um, To be honest, there was a time you couldn't tell me anything about her because I thought she was the most beautiful girl in the room when it came to Hollywood. I thought she was super talented. But 
like all things, you know, it came to an end. So here's the deal. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I started looking at her sideways when she kept playing these roles that clearly people of color, you know, could feel. And so when I tell you, I hate watch that Japanese movie just because I had like, never did I support it with my dollars. It was free um, <laughs> because I had to see what all the hoopla was about. Like somebody po- put was on one of the posts. Good? it was not one of her best films whatsoever but somebody put on the post oh she's my favorite Japanese actress right obviously sarcasm but just you know falls in line with I agree with you she has made some decisions lately career-wise that I've been like "Mm." she was remember she was gonna place a transgender uh I think man in an upcoming film that people got upset about I mean yeah and and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. In theory, yes, an actor's supposed to do all types of things. But that is only if the playing field was a little bit leveled, which we all know it is not. So with all of that, it took me actually reading a little bit further to where I felt like, okay, I do feel like this lawsuit is justified. It is a shame considering how long her relationship is with Disney and Marvel, mm-hmm. but she did try to renegotiate. If you know you're not opening it, opening these films exclusively in theaters when people have clear, you know, backdoor deals when it comes to their compensation. Their because a lot of people reduce their salary in hopes of getting all the dollars in the, back the box end. office. Exactly. You know, Disney looks look really guilty right now. So I think her, her lawsuit is justified and is very uncharacteristic. So it must mean something. That's where I stand. What about you, Ashley? I mean, I think I'm on your exact same page um, about the lawsuit itself, right? Because I think this is going to set a precedent for other entertainers and other stars to feel like they can come after some of these bigger companies for these decisions. Because obviously, if these decisions are made with the intent for them to increase their bottom line, but to, you know, take money out of the pockets of the people who are the stars of these vehicles, then I do think that's wrong because there are deals that are made. And if, you know, these actors and actresses, not that they're hurting financially, but obviously I'm giving up my time and my talents and we have a contract. And if that contract is breached, then I have every right to go to the courts and do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? I know that these, this is frivolous in comparison to a lot of the other things that people have to deal with and are going through. But again, I think it is going to, if she wins, this is definitely going to set a new industry standard when it comes to the way that these studios are handling actors and their contracts, if they're going to be releasing both via streaming services and via the box office. So now we live in a land you know, with COVID-19, you know, yeah. and it's a variant. So, yeah. 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 So that is our last quick headline. Let's get into mm-hmm. two major hot topics. First one, Simone Biles. We have to talk about everything that is going on with Simone. So obviously we've been in the Olympics and unfortunately I haven't got a chance to actually watch anything, but I'm very aware <laughs> of what's happening. Um, Simone was one of the stars of the Olympics, obviously, given her accomplishments in the world of gymnastics. So it was shocking when she withdrew herself from competition over the past week. Um, Basically, she decided to prioritize her mental health. 
So she exited the team final and individual all around finals competitions at the Olympics. She's still been very supportive of her team. We've still been seeing her in the stands at others events and cheering people on. But it was a huge deal that the star of women's gymnastics for the U.S. has made this decision. And she had another major athlete who is citing mental health as the reason that they feel they need to step away. We had Naomi Osaka that we talked about for tennis. So, Delora, what were your thoughts when you first heard this? And what are your thoughts overall about the state of um, athletics and mental health? So, Ashley, as you know, gymnastics is one of my favorite events in the Summer Summer Olympics. Uh, I've been a fan of Simone Biles for many, many years. And when she made the the decision to sit out of the team's final, I thought, okay, well, she she must have needed this break for some reason, you know, because we have to take these things into consideration. Okay, Ashley, she did that vault and she scored a 13. Simone Biles typically scores 15 and up, okay? Like, and she looked like she was disoriented. So when she said that she didn't feel like she could perform and she's sitting out for the team, she did that for the team. Because if you had a teammate that was not performing, you would sit them out and put somebody else in, period. And she being the leader, she has been dominating gymnastics since 2013, Ashley. She has won everything, worlds, nationals, European mm-hmm. stuff. She has won everything. She is an elite athlete. You do not. The GOAT. I mean. You do not dominate that long and have a weak mental psyche. That right. just does not happen. Mm-hmm. She lives in very rare air. She knew that the twisties that she had, if her mind-body connection was not there, she knew she was not going to perform, and she would have brought down that team if she continued, and she knew that. Or possibly hurt herself, right? Because gymnastics is a very exactly. dangerous sport to do if your exactly. head isn't right. Mm-hmm. And those girls who are her teammates feel the deal, and they got silver, period. So I feel like all this criticism against her um, choking or letting down her country, she actually helped us out because Simone has been out of it for a little bit. And I hate to say it like that, but even the qualifiers at the Olympics or even at the United States when they were uh, choosing the team, you could tell that the jitters were starting to get to her, right? Mm -hmm. She was jumping out of bounds. She didn't have a a very good routine, I think, on the bars. Like, the amount of pressure she's under is something I don't think you and I would ever understand, right? Exactly. That most people will never understand. Will never understand. It is not the same as Kobe playing with a broken ankle or foot. It is not the same as LeBron. What it is, is she knew that her health and her team would benefit her taking this moment out. And I think I applaud her for it. I applaud her for it. And when it comes to Naomi and her saying, you know what you're not going to do is rub me ragged. I appreciate them owning 
owning and being very aware of their power. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is exactly in line with Meghan Markle too, giving deuces to the royal family. It's like, what you're not going to do is run me ragged or run me to suicide or run me to injure myself or run me to, you know, be berated for press conferences with people asking me ridiculous questions when I need to focus on the game. That's not what you're going to do. And I think this is an evolution of the Black woman because we have, we've been expected to produce at our own expense for centuries. So guess what? Not today, not anymore. How about you, Ashley? Very well said, Delora. I mean, I think beyond the sheer pressure of being a Olympic athlete who has done more than most people will ever accomplish in any field. Um, you know, she is the GOAT. She is considered the greatest gymnast of all time at this point. These are extenuating circumstances and extenu- extenuating times, right? Everything that they have gone through to even make it to this point to be able to compete has been stressful AF. We are still dealing with COVID. We are dealing with a resurgence of COVID, let alone everything that's happened over the past year for them to prepare. Tokyo is still under lockdown. They have a lot of restrictions. They don't have an audience. Family and friends cannot be there. They're under lock and key in terms Mm -hmm. of their living situations. I mean, it's a lot. And then to expect them to still go out and perform at the highest level as if there aren't consequences to these situations that we found ourselves in. I mean, they're not robots. These are human beings. Michael Phelps has spoken on his mental health struggles that he's had during his time. So, I mean, I just think what I'm happy about when I see people of this caliber speaking out on these things is I think it just gives more validity to others feeling like they can also speak out on these issues, right? Because Mm -hmm. once you have a Naomi Osaka who is at the highest level of tennis say something, then Simone Biles sees that and is like, well, you know what? I also feel comfortable to be able to say in my Mm -hmm. sport that I cannot do this. Like this is not, and it's not a physical issue. It's a mental issue, which is just as important, right? Because if she had broken her arm, then no one would be saying anything. Exactly. Let's not pretend like mental health is not so important to your overall well being, you know, especially to everything. The way they think is so everything you need to do. Yes. Everything you need to do. That's how you win. Mm-hmm. The mamba mentality. Yes. And we, we've talked about that, right? We talked about that last week. I just think that it sad, saddens me to think that people will get so wrapped up in their fandom that they do sometimes forget that these people are just regular people. You know, I've seen it more, I feel like with like international soccer, you know, like when so- certain soccer players mm-hmm. in certain countries lose, they get death mm-hmm. threats. Like that's another level of fandom. And I don't have that. I don't have that mentality. Am I disappointed that I may not be able to see Simone Biles compete? Sure. Because I love gymnastics and I love seeing her compete, but I totally understand. I can go back and watch some footage. Where's the empathy? I can go back and watch some footage if I need to. Right. But at the end of the day, I think she is seeing a lot of support. She's put out in a statement. Um, the outpouring of love and support I've received has made me realize I'm more than my accomplishments in gymnastics, which I never truly believed before. So I do hope that she does feel supported Ooh. by all of us out there who are rooting for her and always will root for her. You know what I mean? So, And we also need to remember, Ashley, this is the petty side coming out. She is performing for U.S. Gymnastics who did not protect her. Yep, with Larry Nasser. He is 
expected to perform at the highest level and not get credit for it by the Olympic Committee because what she does is too hard. Honestly, I'm not saying that was part of her decision, but it makes you want to say F it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she has Seriously. such a great spirit about her and such a great demeanor and such grace yes. about all She's of not, those things. This is the petty side coming out. Okay. No, I no, no. Yes, I hear I'm you. Not. I'm saying, I'm saying, I think, I think it's big. I think it's big and very mature of her that she always has handled those sorts of things with grace. Cause yes, to dock someone because they are at a different level of ability than most of their peers to try to discourage other people from trying to follow that you know, that's upsetting. She can't help that she's been able to do things with her body that a lot of other athletes will never be able to do. You know what I mean? So again, Mm -hmm. wishing Simone all the best if she decides to compete um, in some of the other things that are going on Sunday and next week, you know, I will be watching and do what's best for you, boo. All right. Congratulations to Shinny Lee. Yes, that was so cute when I saw the footage of her community celebrating. Like, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. And guess what? Her stepping inside allowed for her teammates to shine. And I knew she was capable. I knew she was capable of it. And she did it. So happy for her. And to make history, right? For her her community. So amazing. Our final hot topic. (laughs) A little sillier. A little sillier. A little lighter. Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher have been in the headlines this week, Delora, for their bathing habits. So they were on Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast, and the talk turned to bathing because they were talking about the fact that supposedly using soap every day rids the body of natural oils. And so uh, they agreed, basically saying they only wash their vital parts every day, Delora. Uh, the co-host of the podcast, Pat, uh, Monica Padman, was stunned and said, who taught you not to wash? Mila said, I didn't have hot water growing up as a child, so I didn't shower very much anyway. And that that has continued with their two kids. She said, I wasn't that parent that bathed my newborns ever. And now that they're older, Ashton said, if you see dirt on them, clean them. Otherwise, there's no point. He said he washes his armpits and his crotch daily and nothing else ever. He'll throw some water on his face after a workout to get all the salts out. Mila says she washes her face twice a day. Delora, I have so many things I could say about this story because I am tired of hearing in the last, I don't know, month or so, so many tales of personal hygiene that have deeply Months? disturbed I've me. been hearing about this for a couple of years, Ashley. I have only years. heard to this extent, I swear to you, within the last month or two, and not just on social, because Amanda Seals posted yes. something that I'll talk about yes. that disturbed me, but on a personal note, I have friends of friends, because ain't none of my friends telling me no shit like that, friends of friends Never. who have told me about their personal hygiene habits that fall in line with these thoughts and have deeply upset me. So Delora, please, you are a mom out here. Give me your thoughts, first of all, about not bathing your newborn. What people just flex different? Like, I feel like everything that non-wealthy people aspire to, wealthy people get to like upper echelons and then they just start reversing course back into They get bored. They do everything and they get bored, apparently. I mean, you don't have to bathe a newborn every day. No. Okay. However, does she get a bath daily? Heck yeah. She's in preschool. Like, 
Their kids are now six and four. And you're telling me you only give them a bath or a shower when you see dirt on them. You know who I feel the saddest for, Delora, is their housekeeper. Because their laundry has to be atrocious. Their sheets, their pillowcases. I mean, they're wealthy, so I'm sure it's rotated out on a regular basis. But this is unreal, Ashley. Unreal. What do you think about this mess? (sighs) It's disturbing to me because, again, it falls in line with this narrative I'm now hearing about people not feeling like they need to have good personal hygiene. Now, I will say, at least for Ashton and Mila, they recognize that there are vital, essential parts of their body that need to at least get some soap and water every day. The story yeah. that I was talking about that Amanda Seals posted, there was a woman who was interviewed and said she only showers every sixth day. And when she does, all she washes is her face and her hair and she lets the soap run down the rest of her body. So you're Ashley, telling me that Ashley. water only hits your skin every sixth day and that when it does, you only wash your hair and your face. What about your period? Exactly. Like that entire week. Exactly. What you just like get out of here with that, Ashley. So I the have first no time, words. the first time I heard this conversation, when I realized grown ass people don't take real showers or baths, is when I hear that people don't wash their legs and feet in the shower. And I had heard that statement. I had heard that statement. So I used to wonder why some people's feet were so black. Like some people, their feet be so black. And I'm like, how is that possible? If you shower today, where have you been walking? Oh, y'all just don't even get in the shower. Now, I will say culturally, black people like to use hand towels or face towels. Yep. Washcloths. Culturally, washcloths. Washcloths. (laughs) Whereas I have heard... Um, our lighter expressions, aka white people liking to use the bar on the body, which is it's above me now. But at least soap is involved. Yeah. Delora, I, this is why we can't get rid of COVID. We worried about people washing their hands. People out here not even washing their ass on a Girl. regular basis. And y'all talking about why we cannot get rid of COVID. I was wondering why when we used to do stories, like why do we have to remind people to wash their hands? Who does not wash Girl. their hands? Too many of y'all. Or not what I will anything. say is my grandmother, Mildred Lee Watson, God rest her soul. I am her granddaughter. I am her, her daughter's child because we were ready for this pandemic because what we did was every time we came from the outside, we washed our hands because my, and then when we went to church, my grandmother used to have in her car alcohol that she used to put on some cotton balls and put it on our faces because she's like, you need to work, wash the, the world off your face because we were little kids and everybody wanted to give you kisses. And she's like, what we're not going to do is leave all those germs on your faces. So I will say, been ready for this pandemic because <laughs> I kind of went as far as just having a conversation with my one friend that says, before I even use the restroom, I wash my hands. Mm-hmm. I wash my hands when it's over because my bits are precious okay yeah and what we're not gonna do is have the world on my fingers when i'm going to the bathroom that's this what is, that's all i gotta say to this that. is why communal living public bathrooms have just always disgusted me so much because again people are very different than i was imagining and i saw <laughs> 
a post by Lovey as well, where she's, there was a story of a doctor, <laughs> Delora, a doctor who showered so infrequently, he got a penis fungus and then was so embarrassed that he got a penis fungus that he would not go to the doctor. But he himself was apparently a doctor. This was a post on Instagram. This is what I'm saying. This is Lies. what I'm saying. This Lies. is what I'm saying. Lies. This is what I'm saying. Lies. And y'all wonder why there are these diseases out here, why there's so much, you know, it's just too much for me. Now, I'm not now I get it that there is scientific evidence really about the removing the natural oils from your skin. But there are reasons behind us needing to get rid of the outside when we come inside. I do not even allow people to wear shoes in my house, let alone I'm not showering on a regular basis. I'm in at least a once a day shower. Delora, I someday shower thrice depending on what i have done because i live in florida and it is hot and you get sweaty okay and i will be never left in florida laura i will be (laughs) damned if i'm intimate with somebody and their body is smelling bad i've heard about smelly balls i don't want it i don't need it i don't need it i don't need it i don't need it facts that's all i gotta say do not bring your body over here and you have not showered okay (laughs) like i just don't know how people live this lifestyle it's just it's just different in all the creases like girl and you know people freaks too freak nasty oh jesus speechless because that was disgusting (laughs) oh my gosh I digress. What I will say is this story was not surprising. It was just another piece of evidence that there are people out here living different than me. And I am glad that I get to stay in my home and not deal with y'all on a regular basis because that's nasty. I'm sorry. I'm judging you harshly, Mila and Ashton. That's nasty. So that's all I got, Delora. You got anything else for that hot topic before you move on to the recap? Girl, no. Okay. <laughs> it's all you, boo. It's all you. All right, Ashley. It is now time for the Space Jam. This week's <laughs> recap is Space Jam Legacy. This film is rated PG. It came out this year, 2021. It is an adventure comedy It's an hour and 55 minutes long, and it's available on HBO Max until August 15th for streaming. So, quick summary. Superstar LeBron James and his young son Dom get trapped in digital space by a rogue AI. To get home safely, LeBron teams up with Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and the rest of the Looney Tunes gang for a high-stakes basketball game against the AI's digital ties champions of the court. A powered-up roster called the Goon Squad. This film actually stars LeBron James as himself, Don Cheadle as LG Rhythm, <laughs> Algorithm, play on words mm-hmm. there. Cedric Joe, it's Dom Gaines. We have, and Ashley, we have some awesome NBA players. We have Anthony Davis as himself. We have we have Damian Lillard. We have Kai Thomas. We have Nikita Okamite and Diana Tarasi. 
And then we have game announcer Ernie Johnson, as well as Little Rail as himself, which was so fun. Uh, this film is directed by Malcolm D. Lee, who you know for Girls Trip. And he also did the second Barbershop movie, random, but there you go. Uh, a lot of cool producers, Ryan Coogler is producer, along with LeBron James, Maverick Carter, and Duncan Henderson. This film for Rotten Tomatoes by the critics got 28%. Damn. The audience score is 80%, and Google users gave it 70%, Ashley. What's your rating for this film? Oh, man. It gets a D plus for me. And the plus is for the children. <laughs> okay. I understand that I am not the target audience for this You're film. Right? I'm telling you, <laughs> I know that I am not the target audience for this film. I totally understand that. But Delora, there are many kids films that I do enjoy. This is just not going to make the list. You know, I talked to you about yes. Ryan, the last dragon loved yes. that film. Yes. Um, I mean, we enjoy yeah. jingle jangle. Like, for you sure. know, for sure. Yes. There are like, if there was someone who would enjoy this type of thing, it would be you and I, because we still get into these type of features. Unfortunately, this one just Absolutely. did not hit it for me. I fell asleep twice. On my first watch of this, which is practically unheard of for me. Girl, girl. <laughs> I really want to do the sleeping. Girl. <laughs> I mean, I could not keep my eyes open. It was terrible. I really hope the babies enjoy this one for the visuals because the visuals and the technology were pretty dope. Um, and also, you know, just the the seeing their favorites on screen, like we had with the original of Michael Jordan. Kudos to Warner Brothers for pulling out every major franchise from their arsenal on this film. Because <laughs> that I was that, I hope that's sarcasm, but okay. No, no, I'm dead, I'm dead serious. Impressive for y'all. <laughs> like how y'all managed to get that off is was impressive. I was like, listen, y'all said we're gonna throw everybody into that game as uh, you know, the audience as we possibly can. I saw the mask. Delora, the mask was in the yes. audience. <laughs> like yes. deep cuts. Yes. We go on deep yes. cuts. But D plus it, it is for me. I did not enjoy it. I'm so sorry. What you what what was your grade? All right, Ashley. I decided to go a little gentle for my grade because as you mentioned, we are not the demographic for this film. I gave the movie a C minus. Okay. Okay. The reason why I get to see minus, honestly, because of uh, the technology, you know, very impressive. It was a lot of black people behind the scenes. So I want to give credit where credit's due in that sense. Um, I saw some of the behind the scenes videos saying that over a hundred artists worked on that background, like the, the crowd for mm -hmm. the big game, you know, mm -hmm. my boy, Chris, um, Bozers from Bridgerton, the gentleman who wrote that score scored this, this movie as well. Do your thing, sir. So he's extremely talented. So happy to see his face again. And it depicts a black father and son relationship. And I, I give them points for that. Okay. But the plot was then, <laughs> then, Ashley, okay? 
So let's go ahead and get into this recap. Spoiler alert. All right, Ashley. We start the film in 1998. Ghetto Superstar is playing, okay? It is tapping into our nostalgia, okay? We see a very young LeBron. You can see his close relationship with his single mother. And he's a star basketball player, but he's distracted, Ashley. He, his friend Maverick came in with a video game and he started playing and he did not have his head in the game circa High School Musical 2006. Get your head in the game. His coach pretty much told him, hey, you can do, you can be the best if you focus. And what did he do that day, Ashley? He threw that Game Boy away. And he's focused on the game of basketball. And he became LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James. Do you remember that video? <laughs> that viral video? I don't. But I was going to say wow. this so mirrored the original Space Jam with yes. the introduction. Um, sure did. That, you know, it was like, okay, we, we really following a formula with this. Got it. We sure did. So, Ashley, what did you think about the flashback? Uh, it was cute. I mean, I don't. I, besides feeling like I've seen this before, which I have, um, yes. and then enjoying just the going through LeBron's career journey because obviously we've been here for it. You know, he is the superstar of our generation. Exactly. So you know, I did enjoy the montage of remembering you know everything that has gone on with his career. So you know, it was cute. And I was interested to see how this was going to diverge from the Michael Jordan Space Jam after that. Okay. Okay. So, Ashley, we have LeBron and his fictional family, which is identical to his real life family. He has an older son. He has a middle son. And then he has a young daughter and a beautiful wife. And apparently his middle child, Dom, is what you might consider destructive, right? He loves computers. He would rather play a video game instead of playing basketball. We see in one of the opening scenes that, you know, he and his brother were playing on the court, but they weren't serious. And so he missed a shot and LeBron's like, hey, you know, get your head in the game. Um, <laughs> you know, we take this very seriously. And uh, one of the funnier jokes, which didn't really land, that's another thing. The humor didn't really land very well in this movie, but the one, most memorable part was when LeBron was talking to Dom and his oldest son was behind him mocking him and he was like you know stop it son you know I got full court vision did you pick <laughs> up on that Ashley yeah I mean there were a, a few jokes that I chuckled at for sure even with LeBron like LeBron was not great in this acting role but he made me laugh just a couple of times even if unintentionally so <laughs> that I didn't really enjoy was him being such a hard ass like I really obviously we don't know how LeBron is with his kids but in some ways what we have seen is him doing TikToks with his kids so like this yeah. him being like borderline Kobe's gotta stay focused <laughs> wasn't very 
convincing. Were you too convincing? No, I have. I literally have in my notes. LeBron is a hardcore dad. It's very funny. I'd imagine he's quite the opposite because I mean, <laughs> LeBron isn't even like this with his teammates for the most part. Exactly. Let alone with his children. I don't think, and I don't. I think that is one of the things that's so funny is because. I imagine that he would highly encourage anything that his kids would want to do, especially when you have a young black child who is yes. able to create their own video game. You know what I mean? Like, that's impressive Who's as fuck. That talented. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, Ashley, I'm glad you brought that up because Dom is not just distracted by video games. He creates them. He has a whole game he created. And um, we I mean, he's a genius. Up. I mean, that's that's genius. <laughs> so impressive. And so he has basketball camp coming up, but he doesn't want to go because he would rather go to computer camp. We see LeBron's wife tell him like, hey, you need to reach out to your son. OK, like he needs a father, not a coach. What did you think about her character? Do you feel like they utilized her enough? Well, from what I heard, they felt like that they included the wife character more than the original with allowing her to be more present. I feel like they did mm -hmm. a slow-mo every time she came around. Like, it was almost like <laughs> in a low-down, dirty shame. Remember every time the one chick came, they had the music. Da -doo -da -doo. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like mm -hmm. that was the only thing that was missing because otherwise the pan to her was always a little bit dramatic. So I think mm -hmm. they they made it a point to show that she was in a position of power within her family dynamic you know what I mean like she was yes. the one who kind of guides LeBron in a couple of ways throughout the film and you know so mm -hmm. so I do think that they gave her more screen time than the original did mm -hmm. that's a great point Ashley and with her sage advice LeBron goes and sees his son and his game and there's this signature move that his son was excited for him to do because it's LeBron's move in real life. But the signature move deletes the character. And Don was really disappointed because it takes him a whole week to rebuild it, Ashley. So LeBron, in order to cheer up his son, LeBron suggests that they go to Warner Brothers because there's a cool high-tech thing that he's going to be um, meeting with them about. So... We are now at the Warner Brothers Studios, more specifically the Serververse, where we meet Al G. Rhythm, played by the great Don Cheadle. Thank he God for Don Cheadle. Really? <laughs> he, oh, yeah. For me, yes. His motivation was a little very weak. He just wants, he wants recognition, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, he wants to be and famous. He, he wants, wants to, to be, be famous. Yes. But I and say he, thank God for Don Cheadle, the actor, not this yes. character, because okay. I just don't know what they would have done if Don, if they did not have an actor. Who knew how to work with, like, not a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, who, who could give us some, some things, who could, you know. If you gave Emerald some canned food, he'll make it work, you know what I mean? You, like... That I, that's all I have. Thank God for Don Cheadle. That's all I have. Earl is interested, as you mentioned, finding his time to shine. And the only way he's going to do that is luring King James into his project, Warner, right, Warner 3000. Basically, 
again, this whole this whole movie was a major ego stroke for LeBron James because one of the lines <laughs> that L said was, you know, I need LeBron James because he's more than an athlete. He's a king. <laughs> Didn't people know type of lines, Ashley, in this movie? I mean, when you have him behind the scenes, on the screen, he's a professional athlete. You know, I don't, it, it wasn't unexpected. You know what I mean? It's not, it was not unexpected whatsoever. It was funny because you also have Don Cheadle like making jokes about him at the same time. Like yes. there was a scene with his son where he's yes. like, my dad, da 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 Oh, that's yet to be seen. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, exactly. That's very true. Very true. All right, so LeBron and his son makes it make it to Warner Brothers. They're presented Warner 3000, which is essentially an algorithm that will scan you into your favorite movies. LeBron hates it. He says, you know, that was something when athletes act, we always know, you know, it always goes bad or something. <laughs> Doc, however, didn't think it was a bad idea. He thought that, you know you know, it's worth taking a deeper look into it. Somehow the personal conversation comes out and he tells his father that it's like, hey, I don't want to go to basketball camp. Uh, you know, you don't understand me. And he walks away. Very rich kid stuff, Ashley. <laughs> and of course, Algie is upset because again, LeBron completely poo-hoo on his idea. This was his one thing you know, to get him out into the world and notoriety. So he has a grand plan to kidnap Dom because desperate times comes from desperate measures. Um, this may sound crazy. This may sound crazy. Sorry to interrupt you. But I wonder mm -hmm. if he modeled this after Kanye West. Like, for some reason, his character gave me Kanye the West. narcissism of it just all? Just the ego. Just the yeah. ego of it all. Just gave me Kanye West vibes. <laughs> like, so hard throughout this He's film. Point, Ashley. What I was actually going to say to you is, what did you think about Al utilizing all the technology to track LeBron or anybody that he was trying to lure into the server verse. I think There's it's his brother, huh? I think it's one of the morals of this story. Like I have two morals down that I was like, this is deep for a children's film, but one is technology is the devil because <laughs> as we can see, algae is diabolical. He has his yes. um, desire to basically potentially take over and, have everybody kind of under his power and under his control to a certain extent. And also the whole um, monitoring people aspect, the stealing code from Dom, all of that fell in yes. line with the things that yes. technology can do right now. Right. Yes. And that's just yes. what we are the most aware of. Whereas there's a lot of technology and things that are happening that we're not aware of. So Ooh. it's to me speaks to a deeper moral of this story that I took from <laughs> it. <laughs> But that's just oh me goodness. putting a lot onto a children's film. <laughs> I, know, I know. Thank you for that. And that's why I asked you. I'm like, you know, they're really playing into Big Brother. And, you know, I'm kind of reminded of the whole viral TikTok of the nurse that said, hey, you know, the vaccine 
You think the vaccine is tracking you? He's like, the phone you're looking at this at is tracking you. Exactly. <laughs> and we are essentially slaves to our devices at this point yes. in our lives. The only thing that remains to be seen, which, you know, some people have some evidence of is, you know, computers developing some level of consciousness, right? And having some type of... <sighs> I'm not ready. Will, but, you know, ability... To do things independently, right? And I love those shows and films, but let me be dead, Jesus. Let take Mm -hmm. me, take me before that happens, please, because I can't handle it. I'll be trying to get to space, Ashley. You know, that's funny you say that because one of the comments I got from our show last week when we discussed billionaire space trips was they just know more than we do, so they're leaving us here to die. See, I can't even think that far that hard about Listen, that. I was like, probably so. Probably so. They have access to a lot of information we do not. So probably so. LG takes Dom into the serververse and LeBron. And this interaction was actually kind of funny. You know, LeBron's like, I'm calling authorities. Siri, get me out. And then <laughs> um, one of the funnier parts, like the computer's black. <laughs> you know everybody black these days hello loki everybody is black these days <laughs> organization that's uh that's spoiler without no spoiler okay so everybody's in the server we got lebron we got dom and they are talking to lg and lg essentially steals dom and tells lebron like hey if you want to see your son We're going to play a high state game of basketball. (laughs) And if, if you win, you get your son back. But if you lose, you stay in the server forever. I love that diabolical. I love that diabolical (laughs) forever. (laughs) Actually, we then go into a freaking 30 minute Warner Brothers promotional ad. Yep. Because all these quote unquote worlds are all of the popular Warner Brothers titles. We're talking Harry Potter, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. Batman, Matrix, and then he lands in Looney Tunes. And somehow only Bugs Bunny's there, Ashley. I- <laughs> I wrote this down. I broke this down in my notes. It's like, so out of a, an hour and 55 minute movie, the first 15 minutes is all about LeBron James. And a whole nother 30 minutes was Warner Brothers showing all of their credentials. It was a little bit too on the nose, Ashley. So much so that I, David and I looked at each other like, what? What is going on here? You That's know why I, mean? I say kudos to them. They said we about to get every character into this film. And Delora, when he fell into Looney Tunes world, he fell into as a Nike sign. Like they did so much product placement in this film. It was it was gross, Ashley. I'm not gonna lie. It was gross. Cartoon LeBron was my favorite LeBron, though. He should have stayed a cartoon for the majority of the film, in my opinion. A bit longer. Yeah, yeah. So, Ashley, he has to build a team. So, he goes and finds Bugs Bunny and Looney Tune, but he's the only one there. 
we find out that all of the Looney Tunes have went to other worlds in this server verse to live out whatever fantasies. <laughs> and so that was pretty funny. That was a funny sequence with all of them playing different Warner Brothers characters. characters that was yes. funny. So what was your favorite character? Lola Bunny. Absolutely. In the Wonder Same. Woman world. Same. Loved that it. That was my favorite one, too. And I will say, I did enjoy seeing Granny as the Matrix. That was, <laughs> that was unexpected. I really did appreciate that. So while LeBron is scouting all the Looney Tunes, and oh, one of the things that's also worth mentioning was it looked like Bugs Bunny had some alternative motives here. You know what I mean? Because, you know, Warner Brothers showed us all of the other characters, but, you know, he was only picking Looney Tunes, right? To be a part of this basketball team. And, of course, they played, they made a quick joke saying, oh, a high-stakes game of basketball. That sounds familiar. But they never really you know, talk much about the original film because apparently this is a continuation or something of, or other. A new legacy, apparently. A new legacy. Yeah, thank you, Ashley. Very on the news. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, Dom is getting to know LG, you know, and they develop the goon squad, okay? So basically- Their relationship made me very uncomfortable. Really? Because was- you felt- did you expect more out of Dom to like be a little bit more self-aware or what? I think it was just as an adult, it was very weird to watch an adult manipulate a child mentally. Oh, that was just yeah. very strange. And to try to be turning him against his father and feed into negative thoughts about his father. It was just it was just a little a little weird to watch. <laughs> But I'm grown. So again, kids aren't perceiving it this way. And I'm glad that I guess it was a little more light. Like to your point about Dom not realizing, I think if we had seen it where he was considered a prisoner, it would have been much darker. But they had to build some level of rapport. But as an adult, I'm like, this almost feels like grooming and I don't like it. And that's what I was just about to say. I mean, most, you know, people with evil intentions like that are very manipulative, right? They're able to, you know, create a cage without you understanding that you're in a cage, right? So you're giving me some cruel summer vibes there. (laughs) All right. And so in, like you mentioned in the relationship, Dom and LG still Dom's creation. And he, he modifies it even more by creating friends of LeBron, these famous NBA players that I listed previously, not only to be a part of their team, but to be modified into like these creatures. Did you have a favorite uh, member on the goon squad or, you know, were they scary? Ashley, what were your thoughts (laughs) of the final or final team? I should say. They did not scare me. I imagine they probably would have looked dope in theaters and like 3d, especially during like the introduction scenes where you're seeing them show off their talents and stuff. Mm -hmm. But Damian Lillard was probably my favorite just because the whole being able to stop time thing was (laughs) just amazing to watch and witness. Um, And uh, obviously a big, huge plus for his team and their ability to score. So that he was probably my favorite goon squad member, but it was, it was an interesting update, right? Because originally the the players in the original film got their powers or their talents taken by the goon squad whereas this time they are the goon squad so it was interesting change up thank you for pointing that out ashley 
I would say my favorite Goon Squad members would be the White Mamba because we know where she got that from, right? Uh, <laughs> an ode to Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also a phenomenal basketball player as well, of course. And then uh, Clay Thomas, him being water and fire because he's he's one of the Splash Brothers, you know what I mean? And so I thought that was pointer. so cute. Mm-hmm. So... Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate that, but I have to say I didn't enjoy looking at them. You know what I mean? Like I, I in terms of the art, the artwork. I mean, everything was very impressive, but in terms of like me enjoying looking at them, I thought they were ugly at the same time. Like especially with they were the brow. Supposed, yeah, I think they were supposed to be yeah. monst- monstrous. So that's probably why. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I like I like nice aesthetics. So, you know. <laughs> They didn't match with the rest of the beauty of the server verse, <laughs> exactly. essentially. Exactly. All right, Ashley, it is game time, okay? And the Looney Tunes get an upgrade in their luck. They go from 2D to 3D. What do you think about their update? It seemed forced, right? They didn't ask for this. So it, <laughs> it felt like they were being harmed in some way. Obviously, they were fine. I think yes. what I was wondering was, what is was it going to make them more vulnerable? Because obviously, being Looney Tunes, mm. they can be hurt and they can, you know, fall and do all these things and nothing happens to them. So I was worried it was going to make them like mortal in some sort of way. That yeah, that I was like, what are what what is your purpose? Because obviously Algae has a purpose for everything he was doing, and he is the one who yes. made them into 3D versions. So that yes. was what I was thinking at the time was like, what is this gonna do? Is one of them going to die? Yes. And the Looney Tunes, you know, received this upgrade or makeover, and Algae starts stealing people from real world and bringing them into the service. First, okay, so LeBron's family is there, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, the the announcer and a little rail is there to announce <laughs> uh, this game. Like, and then again, every freaking character in Warner Brothers portfolio, yes, was in the audience to watch this high stake game, Ashley. Uh, so LeBron tries to plead with his son to say, you know, hey, you know, you're not in good hands over there. You know, you need to come with me. We need to get out of here. His son does not take the bait, take the bait. Because the friend still thinks Al is his friend. One of my we favorite realize- scenes is when his wife gets dropped in and she's calling for him. And the other son is like, mom, he can't hear you. I'm his mother. He better hear me. <laughs> Pretty much. If that is not a black mama saying, I don't know what is. Dumb. Dumb. You got all this stuff going on in the background. The matter is, these are facts. Like, you will probably be able to hear your mom and a crowd of people. That's just, these are facts. Exactly. It's that is that. that now, that's an interesting thing, too, because even you think about the fact that when you call to your mom, your mom will still hear you in a store, even though there are so many other people who could be saying mom, right? Your mom knows your voice and hears you before anybody else. It's like, where's my baby? I I know. It's deep. It's deep. Very deep. Very deep. So actually, we learned very quickly that this game is rigged. The Looney Tunes are getting their butts kicked. 
So one of the things I want to talk about really quick, Ashley, is LeBron James acting love much to be desired, but old dude was in front of a green screen, okay? Does that change how you feel about his performance? I'm just curious. No. Um, I cannot give him any credit on the acting side. I think he has some work to do. And that's not me being a hater. Like, I feel like one of the things that saddened me about any criticism that anybody has had about this film is just like this immediate, like, oh, you're just a hater. I love LeBron James, full stop. I love Beyonce. I don't think Beyonce is a great actress. And that's not me saying that I am hating on Beyonce. That's me acknowledging and I'm sure Beyonce herself would acknowledge there's work to do. I'm sure LeBron acknowledges on his acting there's work to do. He is a fantastic partially, basketball player. That's probably why he would rather play himself, though, than any Exactly. Other but do you get what yeah. I'm saying, though? I feel like yeah. with any criticism that's come with this, the fandom of LeBron is like, oh, you're hating on LeBron. No, I love LeBron James. I wish him nothing but the best in success. But let's be honest. He's not a good actor. Hopefully and- he'll do some work and improve. I'm just going to be petty and go ahead and ask you, Ashley, how does he compare to Jordan from the original Space Jam? Oh, that's so unfair because I'm biased as fuck, right? I grew up. <laughs> I grew up with Michael freaking Jordan. Michael Jeffrey Jordan is still my when favorite basketball player of all you, time. So it's not fair. When I tell you, you had to be there. You had to be there. Yeah. Period. And I rewatched the original Space Jam and I still enjoy it. But it's probably because I'm biased and it's nostalgia, right? It's a part of my so childhood. This is, this is where we differ because I wa- rewatched it and it was rough. Oh, Ashley. I it still really enjoyed it so much. Besides Honestly, the I Believe I Can Fly, that girl, obviously did you not took hold the words up. out of my <laughs> mouth. I was like, yo, this is the song. This movie that did not hold up, but let me say one thing real quick about another reason why the original is uh so cra- crazy to me now is because okay. you you watched The Last Dance as well, right? The documentary that they did, and so we now know that Michael had additional motivations for some of the parts of this film, like. As we see in this, the stars, the other basketball stars did not get as much screen time as in the original. Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Muggsy Bogues, all of them got a lot of screen time in the original. But remember, that was because Michael Jordan had just lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. And so he brought all these star players on in order to win, to, to look at their talents so he could build himself back up to win the next season. Right? So it's yeah. just like to, to remember that Michael Jordan was that much of a... He's insane. Yes. He's a crazy man. Yes. Yes. Of a competitor that even when he was filming this children's film, they built a basketball full court for this man and he would play these players every single night. So I just can't, like, it's too much. There's too much information. It's too locked into my brain. It's unfair. I can't even compare the two. Well, actually, I will say... After the last dance, I feel like I like LeBron more as a person than I do. Absolutely. 
I, I'm like, Ooh, Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. I don't think that I've ever not liked LeBron. I feel like if I knew them, me and LeBron would be cool. Me and Michael yeah. would Absolutely. be cordial, right? Like, I think there's a difference. Pretty much. Like, <laughs> the question is, but it's about respect. Just you are friends because you know the one thing that a, a the one thing about LeBron that I appreciate is he understands the importance of relationship mm-hmm. and community, and mm-hmm. that is something that, again, in retrospect, looking at Michael, looking at that seven six part documentary, he was about himself a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But for me, it's still about respecting the talent. Like, even if mm-hmm. I despise you as a person, I cannot take away your talents. Right. And no. Michael Jordan is but my just, greatest of all time. But what I'm trying to say is LeBron's legacy is going to be weighted heavier than Michael's. I feel like in a, a little bit. A little mm. bit in terms of the culture. The culture in terms in of the culture, I will give you that. In terms of the sport of basketball. No, because the thing about Jordan, and that's okay. LeBron is to me what a lot of these young players are doing today, Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles. He he was a trailblazer. So for them, they're trailblazing the importance of mental health. For him, he trailblazed not sticking with the same team your entire life. Now, what I will say is Michael Jordan's legacy is what it is because he stayed with the same team his entire career, for the most part, when it mattered. <laughs> okay, we when all know about the later years. But <laughs> same, with, same with Kobe, same with Lady Bird, same with Magic Johnson. There's something about legendary in, something legendary in that time of basketball yeah they were franchise we players they were we franchise players today and mm-hmm. lebron was like the first to break out you know what i mean and, and start the creating super teams and all that so and i, I felt some way that. about that originally but you know but, but, but I, I was never a cleveland fan so i never had to deal with that oh <laughs> okay okay then yeah we're definitely on two different pages but i don't want to derail the conversation to talk about their differences i think we're on the same page though in the sense that yes i think lebron is of his generation it is of now and we can look back and we can think about and criticize some of the decisions, some of the ways that their career choices and individual choices as human beings greatly seem to differ. But at the end of the day, I think when it comes to these two films, my nostalgia factor for me for the original, anything that captured my heart as a kid just has remained a little more nostalgic. But Space Jam, if I was an adult then, probably would have been trash to me too right because I would not have had that same yeah I would not have had that same feeling about it so but I also brought up the two and the comparison of it all just because it was propaganda in 1996 with the Michael Jordan stuff as it is with Lauren James (laughs) (laughs) I mean there there is um there's gonna be there's gonna be one difference that I'm gonna point to at the very end of okay okay so we're we're closing it out now ashley so the tunes are losing okay and because we realized the game is rigged and during halftime lebron realized hey i'm playing with the looney tunes let them be loony so he tries to loosen up and you know they start scoring one of my favorite 
uh, scenes of the game was the alley oop with Lola Bunny and LeBron. That was super cool. Uh, and <laughs> after that, he was like, "Yeah, be yourself, be yourself." And they realized, like, "Hey, there's value in that, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, the game's really gets really close, and Al is losing it, right? Because he rigged the game. He was supposed to win, you know. Going hard on the goon squad, and that includes Dom. And Dom realized that he's not having fun anymore. He's just not. And And LG is a maniac. LG is a maniac, and he's throwing real shade at him, talking about you need to get your head in the game, letting you on my team was a mistake. First of all, what's LeBron letting up? I'll talk to his son like that, though. Like, that just seemed a little rough. A little rough. I mean, for sure. I, I don't, I think at this point, he's probably like, what am I supposed to do? I'm trying to get my freedom and my son's freedom. So let me just go ahead and finish out this game so that we can get the F out of here. Cause, you know, being in that light, being in the server verse, Algae is completely in charge and in control of everything supposedly that's going on, right? You think you're, just a little human being that's just been inserted. So if I try to fight him, what good is that going to do? Let me just win this game one time. At some point, Ashley. But I get the feeling you would have stepped to him. Like, hold on, don't be talking to my son like that. Something. Something. (laughs) I'll stop this game right now. I got to go step to this dude real quick. So LeBron pleads with his son one more time. And there's that very heartfelt moment where... He's like, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but I want you to know that you're amazing and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And he even said that you're teaching me. Uh, do you understand me? And he's like, do you know how special you are? And Dom looks up to his father and he says, sounds right to me. I love you, dad. And this is where I feel like, okay, I, I appreciate this. A father apologizing to his son, which is something, you know, I thought it was a beautiful moment. Yeah, for and sure. So I, I appreciate that the positive imagery of a black father and his son, um, the same way as I cannot wait for King Richard to come out. Because, girl, did you see that trailer? Of did course. Trailer? I saw the trailer that was posted to at Recap Podcast Instagram. Check it out, you guys. But girl, I watched that trailer like five times and I have yet to watch it with a, with dry eyes. They win the game by being themselves even when, even though the algae got really big and bad and blue. <laughs> um, it, didn't, it didn't work. And part of the reason why they won was because they needed to do the special move LeBron's signature move and LeBron was willing to make that sacrifice because as you remember from the beginning you are deleted as a character but guess who saves the day Ashley who buddy he comes in to save the day and he is fading away um, I, lie. I was like, are they really about to kill Bugs Bunny? You know, that's why I said when they turned 3D, I said, are any of these characters now vulnerable to die? So y'all really going to take out but my favorite? They're going to take out Bugs? That's how y'all feel? I, f- I was upset for a minute. I was like, there's no way. This cannot be the end for Bugs Bunny. Cannot be the end. But 
the Looney Tune game wins the game, Ashley, and everybody goes home. LeBron and his relationship with Don is, um, you know, reinforced. Don gets to go to computer camp instead of basketball camp. And guess what, Ashley? Bugs Bunny is very much alive. Hallelujah. You have any final thoughts for this recap, Ashley? Just three. That's all. <laughs> okay. My first one. For all the weirdos out there who were upset that Lola Bunny was not as sexy and dressed provocatively what? as previous. What? Oh, yeah. There was, a, there was a whole controversy about what? men specifically being upset because Lola was not her usual sexy self. Let me say this. Stop. This fascination Stop. that we have with cartoon characters has gotten out of hand. If there's a remake of Aladdin, I'm not going to be upset if he's not wearing a tiny vest, Delora. Period. I'll be fine. If he needs to cover his chest, do so, Aladdin. Ain't nobody checking for a cartoon character's sexiness. Y'all need to let that issue. Period. Go. That's one. Two, Gross. Michael B. Jordan cameo. Loved it. Loved it. I knew yes. it was him immediately when I saw the silhouette of his Same. head because I know his head. Yes. <laughs> the Friday Night Lights line was a callback because that yes. was the first show I loved that Michael B. Jordan did. And now it makes more sense why in real life he had been popping up on the sidelines of LeBron's son's high school game. So we know why Drake was there because Drake's dating people's mamas. But I didn't know. I did not know why Michael B. was there. So now it makes total sense. And my last one, I talked about the two morals of the story. First one, technology is the devil. My second one, we were talking about the comparisons with him and Michael Jordan. I feel like the original Space Jam was all about this. I want to be like Mike mentality that was being pushed so hard mm -hmm. in the 90s. In this yeah. case, I feel like LeBron is saying that people need to embrace their individuality and their individual gifts and talents instead of the and Looney Tunes be, like, be yes. like him. Instead of the yeah. Looney Tunes trying to be like him, because even Lola brought that up during halftime instead of his son trying to be like him. Mm -hmm. He's saying mm -hmm. embrace and love who you are and what you have to give. I know that's a deep thought for a kid's movie, but that's the moral that my 33-year-old mind took from this film, Delora. And that's all I got. Ashley, that was beautiful. <laughs> and we are going to end on that note. Now it's time for Hidden Gems. Would you go first, please? Absolutely. I have two Hidden Gems. My first one, they're both Amazon Prime series. I don't know why. I feel like I always do this. That, I, that It's usually the same streaming service for whatever reason. The first one is Flack. This is an Anna Paquin-led series, two seasons. She's starring as a public relations rep. And she is, Delora, a dumpster fire of a human being, just being completely honest. Is she like Olivia Pope? She is wor way worse than Olivia Pope, okay? <laughs> she has a lot of issues. Um, but I still, they had dropped season one because this was originally a pop TV show. So season one was out and then pop TV dumped it. So Amazon picked it up and released season two. I was still excited to see what they were going to do because they left with a cliffhanger after season one um and i'm hearing there may be a season three and i'm still here for it so i think it's worth a watch um anna pack wants a different role for her you know we saw her mm -hmm. in like true blood and things like that Love but she's her. she's a little more emotionally complicated in this series i'll say mm -hmm. so it's interesting mm -hmm. and then each episode is like some crazy hollywood case that her and her mm -hmm. team are covering up so you have that as well and the main black uh, a woman who's in it as her boss is amazing. I, I can't think of her real name in real life, 
but I love her. Second Hidden Gem is Making the Cut, Season 2. Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn still going strong in their partnership with Amazon. You know, it's funny. I realized after doing these for so long, I've never been a big fan of reality competition shows, except for fashion and art competitions. Like, Blown Away on Netflix, that was my shit. Um, the things these designers do with time and resource constraints is amazing. I'm even more invested in season two than I was in season one, even though this season they have like COVID constraints that they're dealing with, location constraints. Winnie Harlow is a guest judge this season, and I absolutely love her. Love Four her. episodes currently with new ones dropping on Fridays on Amazon Prime. And those are my two hidden gems. Thank you, Ashley. Okay, so this week I have one hidden gem. This is a show that I started watching with my baby girl because we both were sick this week. <laughs> it's available on Netflix. It's called Hilda. It is about a fearless blue-haired girl travels from a wilderness full of elves and giants to a bustling city packed with new friends and mysterious creatures. There are 26 episodes. It's been around since 2018. Fun random fact, the theme song is composed by Grimes. And if you know who she is, she's Elon Musk's, ba- Musk's uh, baby's mama. So oh, they're yeah. very odd people <laughs> or very interesting people, I should say. But it's like, I, I told Dave, actually, I'm like, this show I probably should watch in the winter with like some hot chocolate, you know, watching the leaves fall because it's a very cozy show. I don't want to explain it. Uh, it's a it's a Canadian um, fantasy show. It's cartoon. Hmm. Uh, the episodes are no more than like 25 minutes. And uh, the little girl, uh, Hilda is a little witchy. You know what I mean? Like all these mysterious creatures, troll, trolls and and elves and, um, you know, as I mentioned, giants and ravens and all that. It, it's a it's a fun show. It gets kind of uh, a little, little dark, so I have to wa- see how long I'll be watching it with my little girl. But the animation is just so adorable. And like I said, I probably would love it even more in the winter. But, you know, when you're sick, it kind of feels like I need, <laughs> I need, a, I need comfort watch. So watch Hilda. It is worth, it's really good. It's really good. Okay. And that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Delora. Uh, We are wrapped for this week, guys. But as I mentioned, new format starting next week. Our Hot Topics episode is going to drop next week, next Thursday. And then the following Tuesday, we'll be back with a brand new recap. So please stay tuned. As always, thank you so much. We love you. Live your best life. Stay safe. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. You know, stay away from COVID as much as possible. All right. See y'all next time. Bye.